Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob. Live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Took off today and uh, came to my favorite spot, dude. I, here's something I've been doing. This week, I've been working like 1 to 8, 1 to 9, right? And then afterwards, I've been coming to the same spot, coming down here to the trails, what's the heckin'? But like hiking at dusk and then, you know, hiking into the night, like on the main path. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of a, addicted to it. The forest like becomes something completely different at nighttime. You become something different at nighttime. Your environment changes. You change, right? There's nobody here, and it's crazy when you do come across somebody like on the trail. So the other night, like I'm I'm hiking down by Bell's Mills, and um, like through the darkness, you just see these flashlights coming. It looked like ET. Here comes a dog, by the way, just out of out of nowhere by himself, off the leash. He's in front of me about twenty feet. He looks friendly. You know how it is. So basically, uh, yeah, so like all these flashlights up here. And, uh, hey, buddy. Hi. Hi. Good boy. Yeah. Hi, how are you? Hi, fine, thanks. Nice dog. Yay. You're welcome. She said, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I don't know if you could hear that. I should have engaged more with her, but I'm engaged with you right now. So these flashlights, right, they come at me. And, uh. It's like E.T., man. Like, I'm bugging out. I'm like, is this really happening? Here, it's a whole bunch of bikers, but they all have, like, the same bike and the same flashlight harnessed, like, onto their, you know, utility. You know what I'm saying? And it was intense. Stepped off the trail. And when they biked past me, I scared the shit out of them, dude. They didn't see me, you know, because nobody's out here at night. But I'm out here all the time, and, you know. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, you hike a lot. How come you're not skinnier? And, you know, hey, that felt great. You know what I mean? Triggering trauma response, right? I mean, I'm thick. You know what I mean? I've always been thick. I'm at 190. You know, I was at 174. Everyone thought I had cancer. Everybody was making fun of me like they made fun of Post Malone. And now I'm at a comfortable weight of 190. I keep it at 190, and sometimes I only have one meal a day. Uh, one meal a day is, is a great way to like have lunch, like a big lunch, and then just digest that all day long. You know what I mean? I've been doing that on Tuesdays and Thursdays and rotating. Sometimes I'll do it on Fridays. But like, you know, like, why don't we talk about each other's bodies, dude? You know what I mean? Like, God. How about we talk about each other's souls and the good things we do for each other? How about we talk about gratitude and all the things that we do that come from the heart you know, and not even like the physical heart, but like the soul heart, you know. But yeah, I, I love when when people like I've been suffering from that for my whole life. You know what I mean? Like, I think I talked about being a chipmunk last week. I'm processing these traumas and processing these traumas in real time. And, you know, I bring it up in therapy sometimes. And it's like, you know, it's weird when you get fat shamed you know, like, it just sucks. I, I, I wish I could explain it for the listener out there who is not 
you know, thick or obese or fat or whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Whatever triggering word you want to say and just put it into like detail. It's, it's just the worst feeling in the world. It's like being like verbally. Wow. I just saw a bird pee. <laughs> that was wild. Like a little tiny bird in the tree just took a massive leak. Whoa. And the bird just flew right at me. See, the bird would never fat shame. The birds don't fat shame each other. I am highly against using words like that to hurt people's feelings. What is the point of that, right? I, you know, for the listener out there who's a spiritual one, you remember, like, two weeks ago, I got baptized, right? Or a week ago, I guess. Dude, not even 12 hours into being baptized, I got ridiculed for it. I won't say his name. But, I mean, he sees me, and he's like, so I heard again you're a born-again Christian. And, dude, I, I, I froze in my tracks. I froze in my tracks. I couldn't, um, I couldn't process. Like, like okay, the, I know that terminology. I know the born-again Christian thing. And then in my head, it was like all the revolutions of thought, like, Oh my God, I am a born again Christian, but why is he making fun of me? And I knew this would happen. I talked about it on the podcast, being ridiculed for faith, being ridiculed for believing in something that you can't see, but you feel. The heart chakra. I think that's where Jesus lies. My heart chakra was closed off for a long time. If you look, check out Grace Consciousness and Jesus Consciousness online. I won't preach it to you, but I highly recommend you checking it out because it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, 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 and instead of, you know, being like, yeah, I did get baptized or like, you know, like feeding into it or allowing the shaming to continue, I just remained quiet. I remained quiet and I just waited for him to respond back to me. And he said, oh, I mean, you know, I heard you got baptized. And like, you know, I had no words. I had no words because I, I didn't want to share any positive or negative sentiment. I just wanted to be able to. reflect what God was telling me in that moment of being like, see, I told you you'd be ridiculed for this. And there is something to be said about that because I was on the opposite end of that. I was the ridiculer for a long time. Oh, you believe in Jesus. You believe in God. And what are you doing when you do that? Simply what you're doing is you're just lowering your vibration. We talked about vibrations on here, okay? Alter ego, Bobby vibrations here to raise your chakra levels up through the roof. Dude, yeah, you gotta understand that when you cut somebody down, when you fat shame them, when you question their religious faith, you are lowering your own vibration down and you don't even know it. And when you lower your vibration, you're becoming more like a mass, right? Like uh, you're becoming something that's immovable. You're like some sort of slug. But when your vi- vibration's high, like Bobby vibes out here in the woods, you're like air, baby. You're like water. You could just flow. And that's what I want to do. I want to be in a constant state of flow. I don't want to have to answer to people who shame me no more. I don't want to answer to people who I find to be triggering. My thing is forgiving people in the moment, but also realizing that I don't have to sell myself to this person no more. When you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean, like I used to think that forgiveness was like, I'm going to forgive this person for this terrible thing, and then I'm going to take him out to dinner. Storehouse Church, Pastor Tasha taught me a lot about that, and it's basically like, yeah, you can forgive people in your heart, but it doesn't mean that, like, you know, you got to go to a matinee. 
maybe there's something like that in your life right now. You know, and I was also thinking about road rage the other day, right? Check it out. We've all been present during some sort of road rage. We've all been around somebody who's done it. I've done it. Maybe you've done it, right? I'm thinking about one of my friends who's notorious for being uh, legendary with his road rage stories of just being like, you did what? That is the highest level of questioning into one person's faith, right? I mean, the whole thing of like, you know, this religion I'm in right now is forgiving people, right? And like, you know, loving your, loving yourself like you love others. In traffic, dude, like, oh my God, the road rage thing. It's been, that person becomes your arch enemist. That person becomes the person who's like responsible for your demise. You know what I mean? Like, you can't get over that. You don't want to get over that because you want to let that person know how hard, excuse me, how bad you hurt their feelings or they hurt your feelings. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, the other day it happened. And this has happened like after, like in the days after being baptized, you see all these things happen. And if you're a person like myself who questions things, it's like these events were happening, beholding themselves to me so I could see what, you know, like how shitty the world can be. You know what I mean? The world can be a real shitty place. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. Fellow traveler, there are some u- unique tattoos. Tried to engage right there, but he just seemed like he wanted to be alone. That's okay. But yeah, in a nutshell, I guess, I mean, sometimes I try to like, you know, lock everything in together. Last week we tried to talk about small talk. This week I'm talking about like your words, man. The words can be weapons. You know what I mean? Don't question people's face. Don't don't question people's weight. Don't question people's likes or dislikes. You know what I mean? Like we spend so much time, I spend so much time, I spend so much time trying to find people and love people who liked everything that I liked and, you know what I mean, did things I, the way I did. I question people's religion because of something they may believe in. They don't believe in, um, you know, one aspect of, you know, politics that I disagree with vehemently, then, you know, I think it's vehemently, but I don't know, T. And I'm talking to you, TJ, if you listen to this, because you've always been my spell check. When you hurt somebody's feelings, right, it's like you, you really can't see it, right? Like, so, like, if you hurt somebody physically with your fist, great, you know, you can see it. You saw, you just saw what you did to your buddy there. You gave him a bloody nose. But when you hurt somebody's feelings, it's like they had a bloody nose on the inside for the last 30 years. You know what I mean? I talked about it before, like, you know, with... um body shaming and stuff like that like you know one time i went wild with the diet and like was doing apple cider vinegar cleanses and got like skinny fat down to like 174 you know what i mean and i'd never been to 174 before like i started my diet plan because i was at 220 222 i was just sloughed out i didn't like the way i looked in photographs you know what i mean and like vanity is a really shitty thing i had some you know uh adult figures in my life growing up that, you know, were really triggered by the way that they looked in a photograph. They didn't like the way that they looked. They, you know, threw up their hands in disgust. And like, you know, I'm an empath, dude. I would pick up on that energy and be like, oh, no, do I look good in this photograph? And in therapy, one time I brought up Miss Pupkowitz's first grade class. And my son's seven, so that means I was seven, you know, as we all are through the institution of education. We all kind of are at the same age and we're all kind of experiencing the same things, right? And I guess seven was the first time that I felt shame in a photograph. They were doing classroom pictures that were done on a Polaroid camera. And if you know, 
like like back in the 80s like the polaroid was about to die off but it was so cool to see you know hey check this out basically the polaroid camera was like our iphone in a way is here's instant gratification so instant gratification meant instant vanity you want to look good in the photograph and she chose like every she would take polaroids of everyone not from what i recall she didn't do it all in one day she spread it out through the course of several days because it was like for some sort of like you know recognition within the class right so she chooses this day when it's like a hot 85 degree 92 percent humidity day or whatever and like i come in and i'm all sweaty and i remember she took the photograph and i remember looking at it and that was the first time i thought to myself oh, I don't like the way I look. And yeah, I'm going to unpack that with y'all right now, okay? If you've ever been in that scenario where you see yourself in an image depicted and you don't like what you see, I want you to know that I'm here for you, okay? I'm here for you because I understand that and I understand what that feels like. That feels not good, not good at all, you know? And I realized that I was still suffering from it when I got baptized. My wife was like, do you want to see the video? And I was like, no, I don't want to see the video, you know? I, you know, I mean, like being in the band, you would watch, you know, stuff. And then like, it wouldn't sound as good. Like, you know, when you saw the playback and then your memory of it was ruined. That's like a lie. I mean, a lot of times, like you're so judge, I'm so judgmental of myself from the way I look, you know, like I didn't like being uh like you know fat shamed when i was a kid i didn't like any of that stuff you know what i mean it hurt my feelings and when the first grade photograph was taken and i didn't like the way i looked i mean no seven-year-old kid should have to go through that you know what i mean like i i feel for for people out there who who suffer from that and i will pray for you you know what i mean because i know that that is a type of pain that is really just resoundingly uh it's just painful you know, I don't want to be like dark and like sad. I'm just saying that like, you know, I, I, I'm here for you. If you ever want to chat too, like if there's something like that, maybe, you know, you know somebody who suffers from something like that. Like I knew somebody growing up who suffered from anorexia and bulimia and, you know, it's just, it's a sad thing. And like, you don't want people to suffer like that, you know, and you need to be able to talk to people. And that's, you know, like the whole mental health, like, you know, here is what i'm saying is that you gotta you gotta be open towards towards talking to other people about their deep dark shit you know and that's like the kick of this month's podcast series i guess is like being like open for real for real with people and telling them when things are not really going well and maybe you can rely on somebody to be you know the shoulder to to cry on or the shoulder to to rest on while you try to get yourself back together I'm really thankful for my wife, Teresa. I've been with Teresa for over 20 years. We were married for about 11 years now. And we've had our ups and downs, man, you know? But one thing I just realized in the last couple of weeks, even just today when I was looking at her in our backyard sunbathing, one, she's still hot. <laughs> I still think that my wife is hot, and that's just awesome. But on a more spiritual level and a more, like, you know, existence level, you got to find somebody who's going to be honest, but you also want to find somebody like the perfect mate type thing. Like, you know, that, that, that is something we saw in a movie. It's something in a book we read. You got to find somebody who loves you for your darkest day and your brightest day. Like I was pretty depressed back in January. I'd gone off Lex, Lexapro that is. I called it Lex Luthers for a while. 
And uh, yeah, I, I kid myself. I thought I was going great. Not great, you know. After about like two weeks, I crashed, man. And I went into a dark place. And she pulled me out of that, you know. Prayed for me. She didn't give up on me. She didn't walk out on me, you know. And uh, there was this moment when I was getting back into spirituality, man. And I started like, you know, looking up near-death experiences and life in review. If you check out Life in Review, basically it says, I've talked about it briefly here before, but we'll reiterate, dude, it's like, so when you die, like, you know how they say, like, your life flashes before you? Well, check it. It's not, it is your life, but it's, the flashbacks are through other people's perspectives, and you see what they felt, right? You, you, you're, you maybe even seen from the perspective of an ant you might have crushed, who knows, you know what I mean? Like, but apparently there's a whole bunch of people who come back and say, yeah, I saw like my life through my wife's eyes and how poorly I treated her. And I was like, oh my God, dude, I need to start like exalting, exalt, exalts my favorite word right now. Or just like praising my wife or praying for my wife. It's like, you know, she helps me through stuff. So I just wanted to say it out loud. Like you should pray or should like, you know, like you can say I love you and stuff like that to people. But like right now, like I'm putting up her energy, you know, like. I think that's important to raise people up. So raise up your spouse, you know, raise up your partner, whatever you want to call it in 2023. Raise up each other, you know, because when you raise up each other, everybody gets risen. <laughs> risen. I don't know, man. I've suffered with past, present, you know, all of that for, for years. But yeah, I had no idea what I was going to talk about before we did today's podcast. I, I really do think, though, that uh, we're onto something here together. You know, we're merging ideas together. We're podcasting in the woods, which is wild, you know. This is usually where I sign off, but, you know, I'm feeling a little sprightly. So we're going to keep it rolling, you know. We're going to keep this tape popping. And um, I was here last night, and I was pretty... I couldn't tell, like, if uh, somebody had spray-painted the ground, but no, it was ch it's chalk dust that they put. They put a whole bunch of arrows because they had a scavenger hunt here, which is totally wild, man, you know. This place comes alive. There was something else I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah. So, like, it so it wasn't all, like, negative in the days after being baptized, right? Some of the stuff started happening that was, like, extremely positive. One, all right, so, like, the, the, the big boss at work, right? The superintendent. I respect this man. I respect this man so much because it's, like, he's, like, Tony Soprano. You know, he's, like, the strong, silent type, you know what I mean? And, like... He doesn't need to talk to me and he doesn't need to talk to everyone. And as a leader and in a position like that, sometimes it's best for him to be that figure, to be the one in control. You know what I mean? And like, I respect that and I respect him. And, you know, earlier on, I would try to engage in small talk. We talked about small talk last week, right? I'm down bells, so it's going to get loud. And like, look, I realized once in small talk, I shouldn't do that with him. I should only speak about things with him that are of utmost importance, you know? So I chose for a couple of weeks to just nod my head, say good morning, good afternoon, and continue to do my work as best of my ability. And, uh, you know, I, did, I, I, I used to do this thing where I would um, seek out attention from authority figures to ensure that I was doing my job correctly, you know what I mean? And, like, I'm not doing that no more, you know, and I, I caught myself doing it. And that's why I stopped with him. And that was like about six months ago. So basically, good morning. Good afternoon. I hear he likes my stuff. I hear he likes things. 
and that's it, right? So like one morning, it's like it's like 8.08 a.m. They just started, you know what I mean? How you doing, man? So he, he walks past my office and he stops and he says, I heard what you did. And I'm like, I got victim mentality, you know what I mean? Like I, I thought I've done something wrong. But then I see his face start to smile and I realize, oh. And uh, I can't recall like what, you know, I had done. And he tells me, you know, oh, you helped that elderly. So basically I was filming a concert one evening and during the concert, um, a woman, an elderly woman of 85, 90 year old came in with her walker and she had a difficult time finding her seat, she, finding anything really. So I just abandoned my post, got a kid to take over the camera and I went over like I would my grandmom or any other senior who needs help. And I just walked her to the seat. And, dude, I had forgotten about it. I took my time when I took her to the seat. And I made sure she was comfortable. And I made sure she got a good seat. You know what I mean? In honor of my grandmom and also in honor of elderly people in general. It's like respect for your elders is like of utmost importance. It's the fabric of society. And it's almost lost now with like TikTok pranks and all that other crapola. So he's like, I heard what you did. And, uh, you know, he tells me, and I, I dude, it was like God speaking through me. I was like, blank, uh, what did I say? He's like, look, man, I, I need you to know I would do that even if nobody was looking because I believe that's the good work. And even before I had a chance to, like, finish processing my words, I knew that it was like, a moment there that had happened post-baptism where it was like, now you're getting recognized at work for the stuff you've been doing for years, the altruism that you've practiced. And it's, it's a weird thing, right? When you get like most people would be like, this is exciting. I got no, I got noticed for being, you know, but I also felt guilt like in that moment because of, you know, I was constantly seeking the attention of like my folks, you know, growing up and it was hard to like get, you know, the emotional attention I wanted. So like naturally, like in your adult life, when that happens, you start to, you know, do that with others, seek approval from others. And like, dude, it'll eat you alive. If you're like that, it'll eat you up because you're not being your authentic self. So I felt the guilt just because like, I didn't, you know, like I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like when I do those things, it's like, I'm not doing it. Because I want somebody to give me like props. Like I'm doing it because I, I know now, post-baptism, that I'm not doing it because of altruism. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to be a good person. What I'm doing is God's work. Because God, 2,000 years ago, made his son, right? Physical body on earth. But he hadn't been here in a while, right? But God still works through us. And that's how he works through me, man. Is like doing things that others don't helping people during the pandemic and COVID. I loved it, man. I love feeding people. And that's what I need to inspire you guys to do. You know, I mean, like I'd heard like, you know, like one of the things about like when you, once you're baptized is to start like, you know, getting the message out to others. And like, here's the thing we talked about this. I'm never going to preach to you about that. But what I do want you to do is just be a kind person to somebody, help them. Don't take a video of you filming the homeless person. Just feed the homeless person. One time at Wawa, dude, I bought, I always buy this lady in Lafayette Hill, this sweet old lady who's, she's homeless. She has like a cart full of things. People give her stuff, you know. I always buy her pretzels, you know, because a pretzel is like, what, $1.50? You know what I mean? 
Why not? You get two of them. It's nice. But one time I had so much stuff in my hand that I had my debit card with her pretzels and she wants people to put the food into the bag. I threw the pretzels and my debit card into the bag. I wasn't really upset once I found out. I went and canceled my card and got another card. And I thought to myself, like, what does that mean? Like you're doing something kind and you lose something. It's like, did I really lose anything? No. But did that person, like, you know, appreciate, like, my, my uh, gesture? Can you, like, you know, I'd seen her later and I asked her and she's, she didn't, like, really remember me. But it's okay. You know what I mean? But basically I'm just, I, look, I'm on the kick of just trying to say, if you don't want to believe in God, if you don't want to believe in Jesus, you at least can believe in us. Because all the stuff I'm talking about exists in us, and you need to be kind to others to do it. Somebody during the past week um, yelled at me in front of students. And look, I, you know, I was pretty upset because it was embarrassing and like unprofessional. And I thought to myself, I'm taking this to the top. I'm going to go straight to the boss. I know the boss, you know, my ego, like, and then I realized in that moment, my teachings, and I said to myself, you know what, dude, you don't know what that person was going through. You don't know what kind of day they had, and you don't know what's happening inside that room that they're in. So I let it go, and I prayed on it, and I said, you know, to God, just take this anxiety from me, dude, you know, cast this away, and it's like, look, that's the thing that's wild about this whole New chapter of my life, and man, I used to just pressure myself with anxiety, dude. I would live off anxiety. And I would live off tension. I, I enjoyed it almost. Um, almost like a, a person with Stockholm Syndrome, I would keep returning to the source. They keep getting compounded by negativity and would hence lower my vibration. And once I took control of that, I started going to therapy and started getting my mind right, dude. Things start popping off, you know? And that's the thing that... I would like for you guys to do as well is to be able to inspire somebody who's perhaps been in that dark moment and didn't have anybody to help them like get through some sort of event, some sort of trauma. Some people have never gone to therapy and they don't believe in it, you know, but that means you don't believe in us. That means you don't believe in God's creations. God didn't make us like, you know, just skid bags of blank, you know, uh, compassion, like zero, um, Empathy. Yes, I know there's bad people in the world. I know that some people do terrible things, but we're not one of them. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The Bobcast. <laughs>